This is the GDC Life Podcast. Okay, well, good morning. My name is Leon. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're glad that you could be with us this morning. It's, it's going to be a fun morning. We're really stoked for what the Lord's uh, releasing even now. Um, so just enjoy it. Just take a deep breath. Why don't you just all take a deep breath? Ready? Just breathe it in, breathe in what God is doing in this moment, and then don't forget to let it out as well. <laughs> Um, beautiful. All right. Well, welcome to church this morning. Um, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. Uh, so if the host can get ready, I'm just going to pray for this time. Father, we thank you that you include us uh, in this, um, I guess, what you're doing on the earth and that we get to partner in financially with what you're doing. And so, Lord, we bring the tithe cheerfully and we say, go and we just say that you would use this uh, to send people and to see people released to be all that you've called them to be in Jesus' mind. Modern name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, got a couple of announcements. I guess there's two announcements. Everybody say two. I'm going to give you two this morning. Uh, number one is this evening at 5 p.m., we have open heaven. And so. We invite you to come on back at 5 p.m. for a night of worship, a night of miracles, a night of faith, a night of prayer, a night of prophecy. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. If you've never been to one, cancel your schedule for this evening. Come along and get ready for a wild night. It's going to be good fun. Uh, we also have something else coming up this coming weekend. And for that, I want to play a video and also invite CJ to come up. So chuck the video on the screen. And... Uh, Beautiful, CJ. So guys, uh, you might remember me from previous things as testimonies. Uh, I'm back again and uh, today I'll be sharing about Influencers Conference. So guys, it's been a short notice thing, but um, it's also going to be impactful and how prophetic that it's the week after Heart for the House. So this conference, to give you a context, what it's about is uh, me and Leo had the privilege of going to go listen to both Daves. Now, Dave Blessery, we know he's blessed our house many times before. Dave Leslie comes with a revelation that I've never heard before about the kingdom and about business. And he's actually been invited to speak at the White House, I believe, um, for about, about this reason, because his revelation that they carry and they release is about sheep nations. And it's about how we as business leaders or as sphere leaders and whatever we do, how we are called to bring kingdom into that sphere and actually not just change our life and our pocket or our family. The greatest thing is that we're going to change a nation. How we actually, and I won't go too deep into it, but to give you the meat, like it, honestly, you can't miss it because I guarantee you it's revelation you haven't caught like this before. It's, it's how to change from a, a spirit and a mindset of a Babylon 
type of greed to then kingdom sheep nation of abundance and blessing everyone. And in Australia, we have tall poppy syndrome, right? We all know that. Like, I can't let the other guy succeed. Oh, yeah, look at him. Look, this is this smashes that. And it's all about, I want to see him succeed. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to bless. And it all comes back around. We can change a nation. Now, this is for Christians, non-Christians. This is for business leaders, entrepreneurs. Um, when you see the word influencers, we kind of default to social media influencers. So if that's you, you can come, but it's for sphere influencers too. So you get it? So if you influence, if you're a teacher, you influence children. If you're a leader, a manager in, in a blockbuster video, <laughs> you, you can make a difference too. But honestly, guys, come. It's the first one. So it's going to be an intimate setting. And I believe this is going to actually be a continuous momentum for something that's going to be bigger. So you can be a part of this. You can be in there amongst, in the intimacy of deep revelation. Invite friends. Invite anyone you know. Come. It's next weekend, Friday and Saturday. Come see me and Dave at the back later if you want to register. Um, but trust me, you don't want to miss the revelation and God bombs are going to be dropping in that room. So invite, go through your phone, do us a favour, go through your phone, anyone that you know that even has a heart or a dream to be in business, this is great foundation to get into them now because I tell you, the world goes, listens to, I don't want to bag him, I, I, I honour what he's doing, but Tony Robbins, all these guys who take a little bit of the kingdom out of the Bible and then, um, what's the safe word? But uh, prostituted for some. <laughs> prostituted for something for their own gain and call it themselves. But I'll tell you, what we have is the biggest unfair advantage and that's the, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and we're going to uh, release how to activate that in all realms of your life, in business, in family, in mindsets, and in heart and spirit. All right, guys, get on it. Thank you. So you'll, they'll see you up the back if they want to sign up. Is that correct, CJ? You and Dave? Beautiful. All right. Ladies and gents, we're going to jump into some um, really powerful stuff. Uh, this morning, we're going to start off with Warwick, who actually is on our leadership team and has a word of encouragement for us all this morning around our giving. So I just want to encourage you to maybe stand up to your feet and welcome Warwick as he brings this short word this morning. Take it away, mate. Take it away. Yeah. Thank you. I've got a, a very simple message about this church, our, our new church, our church that, that we have in the context of God's master plan. Now, about three weeks ago, we had a deacons meeting here, and it was focused very much on, on the battle to raise uh, money for this church, which is a, a huge job. Um, and there was a lot of people prayed, and a lot of people spoke, and a lot of people shared their feelings. Um, I didn't share anything of my feelings. Um, I just didn't have words that would come up. But two words came into my mind, uh, and those two words, words were understand why. Understand why this about this whole thing. So I went away uh, the following week, and I looked at the scriptures, and I, I prayed, and I meditated, and I looked particularly at the, the back end of, Matthew and Mark, where Jesus was talking to his disciples about the job to be done from here on in. Um, he'd made the point that he'd come to earth, he'd done what he, was, uh, what he had to do, and he'd done what God asked him to do, 
and he died a bloody death and on the cross uh, for our sins. And then his, then his words to his disciples were, okay, go out and do the rest of the job. Go and tell the story. And for 2,000 years that's happened. People have picked up the story. People have run with the story. And it's, it's, it's the job to be done um, forever until everyone's saved. So I sat back and I said, well, okay, this why, meet, this why message I'm getting, um, I broke it down into far, to four pieces, four whys. First of all, why churches? Why, why do we have churches as part of this? Um, why our church? Why is our church going to be part of this? And uh, why now? Why at this particular time? And why us? Why is this group part of getting the job done? Now, why churches? Pretty easy. We need churches for fellowship, for worship, for for spreading the message, for teaching, for salvations, for bringing people. That's pretty simple. Then you look at um, why this church. I've, I come. I came up why this church. Um, is such a big part um, of our future and, and the job that we have to do and that Jesus wants us to do. And the, word, the reason for why this church is because we've earned the right to grow. And I'll give you a number of reasons which indicate why we've earned the right to grow. Firstly, our church has been, has been faithful and diligent for many years from small beginnings. We've grown numbers, we're Bible-based, we've been honest and diligent with money, we've grown leaders, lots of new leaders have come through this church, we've grown and improved ministries, the kids' ministries, the welcome ministry, school of the supernatural, they're all better, they're all grown and they're all stronger um, over the many years that this church has been operating. Um, And God sent talent to make us stronger and we all know the parable of the talents If we use the talent, we get more talents, we get more growth. And we've had willing labourers. You'll remember when there was work to be done on this church, 40 or 50 people came each Saturday to get the the work done. We had willing labourers, we had people with hearts for this house. And as the Bible says, we've been faithful with the small, now we'll be trusted. We'll be trusted with more. Now, why now? Why at this very moment is this church the right church for us for the job we've got to do in the future? The reason is it's been prophesied that we should have a big church on a main road with double doors and that became available when we needed a church. As Leo said before, we were homeless not too long ago when we couldn't get... um, an increase in our future, de- uh, future lease. When I first entered this church, my vision of this church was a thousand people, a th- thousand congregation, a thousand children, and many other services for people who wanted to learn about Jesus. You'd be surprised at how many people just don't understand Jesus, don't understand the Bible, never picked up a Bible. There's a job to be done here. And um, we were blessed with the other the other now reason is we were actually able to get this building um, through divine intervention we were able to get the deposit and we were able to get the owner to sell to us so this is why now 
And probably the final chapter, the final point is why us? Why, why are we the ones that are going to get this job done, to get this church, to get this church to become, to own this church and make it the best it can be? The reason the Bible says that our life was determined while we're in the womb and we're only always going to be invited to this church at this time. There were plenty of people that were invited but didn't listen because God always gave the choice of people um, about coming or not. Some were invited and did not come, but we were chosen. We were chosen to be here now, brought here for this moment. He gave us skills. He gave us careers. He gave us opportunities. He favoured us in support for work, family, leadership, influence, friendships, all to make this happen now. We were brought here. So now is our time to shine. We are the 300 soldiers, uh, like the Gideon soldiers who were chose to fight the 10,000. We were, we were chosen to fight this battle. We are here for a, for a reason. And it's our time to show God and to show God how thankful we are for what he's done for us and to get the job done, basically. That's our job now. So congratulations. It's beautiful. Thank you, Warwick. Thank you so much. Just as an update on uh, where we're at as a family um, and what's been raised in the generosity of this family in this house, ladies and gents, (laughs) Up uh, until this point, where still many are to give, we have raised $344,000. That's just over 30% or 33%, like a third of the way to where um, we need to be at a million dollars, a million dollars each year, this year and next year, to close a deposit on a building uh, that's setting us up for the future. And uh, it's breakthrough. It's insane. It's actually crazy. And it really, it really does reflect that story of the Gideon's army. It's like a, 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 an army of 300 taking on what was it, like 60,000 or whatever army. It's like we're taking on this big thing. And, and I just want to like say thank you to you and thank you to the Lord for his faithfulness and for the faithfulness uh, within this family. I think it's worth giving God glory in this moment. Why don't we just give him glory? So awesome. Um. So I'm going, to share, I'm going to share a brief word also, and then we, mum and dad are actually, so mum and dad, for those of you who don't know, Leo and Christine are ministering in America, woo, and, uh, but they've, they've shot a video um, just to kind of speak into this morning as well, a small little vi- uh, clip, and to pray over the offering. So then at the end of that, we're going to receive the offering. We know a lot of people give online, so you can give online if you want to give online. Otherwise, what we're going to do is we're also going to create, we're going to be talking around surrender this morning. Everybody say surrender. And so I feel like it's more than just a financial offering. It's got to do with something like there's a shift. There's a line drawn in the sand today. There's something that marks today where we enter into this life surrender uh, posture as a family. And so we're going to invite a response at the end of this. So in that time, if you want to give financially to Heart for the House, I think there'll be some hosts up the front with buckets. But also we want to invite you to just like prophetically uh, sort of... uh, do something about this shift that we're entering into. And we're going to invite people to come to the front and we're going to just say, we're going to give God our yes this morning. Amen. 
All right. Surrender. Let's say surrender again. Surrender. Okay. So we're talking about, we are talking about finances, raising money for what the Lord wants to do. And I was just thinking about this before I get into this all. I was thinking about why it's so, it is, it can be hard to, to, to give money away, right? Sometimes it's like, it's difficult. It just plays with our brain. It's like, well, I'm going to give money to someone else. I'm going to give money to the Lord. I'm going to sow into something else. I was thinking about why it's such a, um, it can be so hard, the weight of it, it's because money equals time. That's the reality, right? Like, we get money for our time. And sometimes we're so fixated on the fact that our time here on earth is finite, we get distracted by the finiteness of this era, that we we become, I guess, uh, we reserve what we have. We're slow to let go. But I, I really believe that as we get a context for eternity, as we get a context for what God wants to do generationally, all of a sudden, this, uh, our, our resource that's been arrested by the fear of time and the finiteness of time, all of a sudden it gets released. And so I just want to release over each and everyone here this morning that the Lord, re- the Lord actually promises that He redeems the time. And so if you feel like time has been taken from you, if you feel like you're running out of time as well to accomplish things that God wants for you, if you feel like you've run out of time, you know, to buy a house or to start a business, whatever it is, start a family, the Lord says there is time and He's restoring time to you. When we give, when we actually give to Him, it's like we're giving Him our time. That's why money is so important because we're not just giving Him monopoly money. It represents our life. That's why money is so key. It's, and you're like, oh, why do we preach about money? It's, money isn't a separate asset. It is you. You are, your money is you. You are not your money, but your money is you. It's your time. It's, a, it's a, uh, a, an export of who you are on paper. That's what we're giving. And so this morning, when you give, don't just see it as like, yeah, I've got some savings. I'm giving it. Realize what it is that you're doing. You're giving yourself to the Lord. And uh, we're talking about sacrifice. It's going to be interesting. I'm not sure how this will all come together. But one thing that I think is really beautiful, I might talk about Abraham in a second. We know the story of Abraham who was willing to give his son Isaac to the Lord. Um, there's something interesting about this because worship, the first time the word worship is used in Scripture, everybody say worship. It's tied to this act of sacrifice. It's tied to this act of surrender surrendering how we think God will provide, surrendering how we think God will come through. And on that mo- in that moment, Abraham puts you know, um, his son on the altar and he's ready to sacrifice. And the Lord, is, he provides a ram anyway. There's another way. But you know what's beautiful about this? Why sacrifice, why surrender is so beautiful is because it echoes the one who sacrificed for us first. So what you're doing is Jesus, so God sends his son Jesus, or he comes as a man, he puts on this body, and he gives himself fully for us. So he gave everything he possibly could. There's a song that uses the lyric that God bankrupt heaven to save us. And it's this idea that he gave everything that he could just to save us. And so when we worship him, when we sacrifice, it's like us echoing back that we'll give everything back just to bless him. It's a love thing. We're not saving him, but we're loving him. We give something. We give a sacrifice. We surrender. So we're talking about surrender. Um, Who here is married? Hands up if you've ever been or if you're married and also, I guess, ever been. You'll know this story. Um, You know, it's 
I mean, maybe you've got a perfect marriage. But if you are married to a stubborn person and you're a stubborn person, clashes happen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> oh, you just exposed a couple of people. And like the amount of times I've been in an argument with my wife and we're just arguing, arguing to the point that we forget what we're arguing about. Anyone ever been there? Yeah. Um, but sometimes you're arguing and all of a sudden the penny drops and you realize that your wife is right. <laughs> Amen. What do you do in that moment, right? What do you do in that moment? Usually what I do is I just keep fighting. I try to like weasel my way through the argument until I find the solution for how I'm actually right. We just keep arguing. But that's the issue with two stubborn people. You just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. Um, but the question is, like, you know, you ask yourself, what can you do now? You can't back down. If you back down, then you're humiliated and, and you're wrong and you've got to admit. And then every single time after that, you feel like you're always going to be wrong. Um, but this is the thing, right? The truth is stubbornness gets you nowhere. But surrender bears a better fruit. It brings rest. All right, practical side of this, no more fighting in Jesus' name. And, uh, and I feel like there's this thing of like, often we're playing this argument game with God. We play this game of arguing about our resource, about our lives, about the way that we think that He will provide in our lives. You think about Abraham and how God said to Abraham, you know, God gave this promise to an old man, Abraham, Abram was his name, and God says to him that you will be the father of many nations, promising him descendants. But this guy is old and him and his wife were unable to conceive. And Abraham, Abram's like, how the heck are you going to do that, God? There's no way. Well, I'm old. And, and you actually, he, the story talks about how his wife laughs at the word. And so it, it's like so outrageous to them. And so what they end up doing is they end up setting up the fulfillment of the word on their own. And it creates destruction. There's like this, that you know, the, you know, the story of like, um, uh, is, is it Hagar? Uh, Abraham has a servant girl named Hagar. And... Uh, uh, they, I guess Abraham sleeps with Hagar and bears a child, Ishmael, um, but then he also falls pregnant with his actual wife and there's this contention between the two. But this is what I'm trying to say. The more that we fight, the more that we contest with what God wants to do and, the way, and we bring our own way about, we actually, we delay what God wants to do. We make it harder. Uh, you think about the Israelites. Wander, the Israelites were promised coming out of Egypt that they would be taken to a promised land. This land flowing with milk and honey. It's, it's a land uh, that equals life abundance, like what Jesus promises us, right? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundant. Everybody say more abundant. And so... It's the will of the Father to do so, but what we do is we struggle, we fight, we contend. We don't want to give our whole lives. We don't want to surrender the whole thing. We've got portions of our life that we surrender, but we're hesitant to surrender at all. Why would we be hesitant? Why? Well, it's probably because we don't fully trust Him. We're lacking revelation about just how good He is. We forget what He's done in the past. And so coming back to the Israelites, what they did in, go, so what happened is, you know, you see the Israelites go into the promised land and they send some spies into the promised land to bring back a report before they enter in. Just wanted to seek out and search out the land. And 
uh, 10 of the spies, I believe, uh, come back with this bad report. Everybody say bad report. Okay, lacking faith, lacking uh, vision for what God wants to do. And they say the place is filled with giants, well, like grasshoppers in their eyes. Um, we would be absolutely destroyed. How could, God's definitely not giving this land to us. They got doubt and unbelief. And so um, what they do in that moment is they delay by 40 years a whole generation what God wants to do. And I guess the question is, are we doing that to ourselves? Are we stalling what God wants to do through us? Are we stalling what God wants to do to us? Are we stalling the breakthrough that he has, the, the, you know, what God wants to do for each and every one of us will do through each and every one of us. It's actually spelt done. Why? Jesus died on the cross, penalty of our sins, completely wiped out, sickness, disease gone, uh, hope restored to his people. There is vision for the future. Everything is tied up in Christ. And so everything is spelt done. It's in him. When we don't have it, we've created some sort of a, a barrier between us and, and seeing the fulfillment. And so uh, coming back to where was I? Jesus, help me. <laughs> um, I, think, I think, yeah, the key is this. It's like, what are we doing? How are we, how are we holding back what God wants to do? What have we done to, to fight and argue with what God? Are we, are we reserving ourselves? Have we, have we become a reserved people rather than a surrendered people? And so I just want to challenge everyone in this moment. Why don't you just shake your neighbor and say, stop being stubborn. <laughs> the Lord is calling you to surrender. And you know, this thing of stubbornness, it reminds me of quicksand. You know how quicksand works, right? The more you struggle, the more you fight, the more stubborn you are about thinking you can get yourself out of it. You know, you can't, it, you cannot get yourself out of um, quicksand unless someone throws you a rope, right? And so we, we all start in this quicksand, and we struggle and we strive and we think we can do it our own way. And we spell out the plan of God with an Ishmael plan. And we compromise our salvation. Or we compromise the salvation of the time, the redeeming of the time. And so we're fighting, we're struggling, but the Lord has prepared a way. And it might look different to what you think. You know, you think about, again, that story of Abraham sacrificing Isaac. And he could have in that moment just been like, no, 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 God, you don't get this. If you kill Isaac, I'm not going to have any children. This isn't going to work. And so he could have held back and missed out of what God wanted to do in his heart. Missed out on what God was, was doing. And, and I believe surrender paves the way to rest. Everybody say rest. Now, everyone is dying for rest at every hour and every time of the day, unless you're just like amazingly rested in the Lord. You've completely succeeded in living in that rest life. And I hope there's most of you. Everybody's there, right? Hands up. You're living in full, complete rest. Awesome. I'm sure, I'm sure there's at least a couple of people here. But the thing is, a lack of rest, unrest comes from an unsurrendered heart. Okay? Surrender bears the fruit of rest. Why? Because when you're surrendered to Him and to His will, though you're not sure about what happens next, you can be sure that the fruit is he will turn all things around for the good of those who love him. He will not let me down. He will take the word that is prophesied over me and bring it to completion. You can believe that he is the author and the finisher. Everybody say the finisher. He's the finisher of our faith. What does that mean? It means that, again, everything in him is spelt done. 
So when we walk with Him, when we don't fight and wrestle with what God wants to achieve through us, what He's calling us to let go of, what He's calling us to lay down at His feet, when we don't fight and struggle, I'm telling you, it's so much easier. Most of us, what we're doing, I've heard it described as, you know, the Bible says that our flesh is crucified. So we have this dead man, this crucified flesh. But some of us are dragging the corpse around thinking that we need to hold on to the old ways, the old ideas, the old methods. We're dragging it around. We don't even realize we're dragging it around and it's slowing us down. It's hindering where we can even go, what we can walk into. And I feel like the Lord this morning, again, we're going to create a response after this where we're going to, we're just going to break that off people this morning and you're going to break it off yourself because it's already done. Again, the price has been paid. The doors are open. All it takes, it's like the jail door. The key is in there. It's unlocked and we're sitting in the the jail and God's waiting for us to walk into breakthrough, into freedom. And so he's calling us to let go. I think about Jesus. So what is is a surrendered life that leads to rest look like? Jesus in the boat during a storm, completely at rest. How the heck does someone sleep through a recession? How the heck does someone, I mean, I'm invested in some like, like uh, crypto stuff or whatever. Anyone that's invested in crypto knows it's going up and down and up and down and down and down and down and down. Um, maybe, maybe it's the, the housing market that's keeping you up, the res- whatever. Um, but you know what? When you know that God has said something to you, you can enter complete rest because as, but as long as you're surrendered, you can enter complete rest. Why? Because he works all things together for the good. He's doing something with this. He's doing something with this. Everybody say, he's doing something. He really, he really is doing something. And so no matter what we're going through, if we're going through a recession like Sal was talking about, if we're going through you know, a, a breakup, if we're going through, um, you know, we've been fired, whatever it is, I guess it's not a formula, but it is. As long as surrender is there, then you can be at peace and at rest that it's all okay. This is the life that God has called you to live. This is the road that he is calling you to walk. And so um, surrender is a beautiful place. It's a scary place. Once you dive into it, it's beautiful. It actually leads to rest. We are, the, the, what I said earlier is that we, we all want rest. And it's evident because we, obviously we have holidays throughout the year. And God, God teaches a pattern of rest. We know about the Sabbath. And we should actually live Sabbath lifestyles, which we have to talk about another time. Um, but God has called us to live and rest. And so we have holidays. You know, we come home from work and maybe we watch a bit of Netflix. Maybe your, um, your rest time is uh, going through a drive-thru at Macca's or something like that. I don't know what your rest time is, but everybody's got a, some, some way that they, maybe it's video games, maybe it's dinner somewhere out or movies or whatever. Everyone's got, I guess, a release. But I just want to remind us of this, that rest that's sustained by worldly things will only continue to burn you out. It releases, the the reality is, yes, it releases a temporary dopamine, but the very definition of sacrifice, surrender, is to deny something today for a benefit tomorrow. We see this pattern of sowing seed today so that we bear fruit in the future. That is the very the very essence of sacrifice. And so this morning, I'm, I want to remind us that we are called to live these lives of sacrifice and surrender. Lay something down today so that your future will be better for it. Let me tell you, there, there, there will be people around you that look at you, look at what you're going without, looking 
uh, uh, what you're missing out on. And they'll be like, well, what are you doing, man? And I mean, for some people, it's like, why don't you come to these parties? Why don't you drink with us? For other people, it might be, why haven't you, you know, bought this or done this? Why haven't you joined me in on this? There will be people that ask you about what you're doing today and the things that you've surrendered and why have you surrendered to them. And in the moment, it may look like they are living in success. But let me tell you, you've probably seen the story a million times over. What looks like success in the moment, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to death. The eventuality is death. Destruction in their family, destruction in, within uh, relationships, unable to uh, come to peace in their minds about what's happening tomorrow. Constantly battling with this anxious spirit of, of worry. And you know, the Bible says, I think, is it Philippians? Philippians 4, 6. Let me read this over us. The Lord is near. Do not. Everybody say, do not. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, bring or surrender your requests to God. And then what does it say? And he will grant them. It actually says, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means surrender what you think you need, surrender the things, bring them, and maybe they're valid. But what he will trade, he'll trade those concerns and those anxieties for absolute peace. Why? Because when you surrender the idols of this world, when you surrender the things that you think you need and you enter into that frequency or that, you, you walk down the path that He is destined for you, you can be at absolute peace and rest that God will look after you. Amen? And, and so I think I'll finish on, I mean, just a couple of stories. You know, so the, the Israelites walking in the desert for 40 years. They delayed what they had to do. Think about Jonah. Um, he was charged to bring a word of judgment to Nineveh, but he did not surrender um, to uh, what God wanted to do. And so he ran away instead. And so God stirred up the sea and he still didn't see it. And God's mercy and grace, which is new every morning, his mercy. So even if, let me just say something. If you've compromised, if you think you look back, and again, God redeems the time. So if you feel like, Leon, you don't know the life that I've lived. I've already stuffed it up. It's over. Uh, there's no point in me going into this, this journey now because my, my life is a mess. I just want to remind you that the, the, very, the very purpose of the cross is to save and redeem us. And so when we give our money or our time to him, it redeems the past. It redeems the evil times. And so everything the enemy has robbed from us, God wants to restore and so there's this thing of like, we can be worried that we've messed up our lives so much, but the Bible says, it actually says in Lamentations. So uh, who's ever read the book of Lamentations? It's just this depressing book about like, essentially it's the context of the Israelites uh, have been taken over by Babylon, okay? It's completely destroyed. Why? The context is this, um, the, they, the Babylons are destroyed and taken captive, the city of Jerusalem. So this happened because God's people were living in sin and living in uh, the sin of idolatry. They were, they were creating other idols. And so sometimes it's what happens to us. We've created other idols and we've, we've, we've worshipped other idols. And then what happens is we compromise what God wants to do. And so we get taken over by Babylon. We, we reap the destruction of what we've sown. And, uh, but still, in this context... It's written in Lamentations, Lamentations, Lamingtons 3, verse 22. 
3 verse 22 to 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, says the writer of Lamentations. And so that is the hope for us right now. The hope is this, that even if you feel you've stuffed up, like, like Jonah, he's run away and, and to the point where the, the, the sea is shaking up the boat. And so the people, they, they chuck him out. They want nothing to do with Jonah. But the, the Lord, in his, new, in his mercy, he sends this fish that swallows him and he's able to survive in the fish. He gets spat out and it's crazy. It's like he's on the other side of you know, the known world. And all of a sudden he finds himself back in the will of God at Nineveh. Back in line with where he was. It's like nothing was missed. He deserved to have missed out on what God wants to do. But God restored his purpose and his plan and, and the thing that God had ordained him to be and do. And, um, and I just feel like let's not miss what God wants to do. Let's not, uh, I guess, fight and struggle and argue and not give to God what belongs to him which is everything. So this morning isn't just about a heart for the house offering. It's not just about a tithe. It's not just about, it's actually about God doesn't want your money. He wants all of you. He wants everything about you. And so this morning is about giving it back to Him. Surrender. And so if you feel like you've drifted from this place, we're going we're gonna to surrender together as a family. If you've drifted from this place of surrender and you've allowed the idols of the world to take priority in your life, it's not always the bad stuff. We think about like, again, Abraham's son, Isaac, was promised to him. It was a promise from God, but it could have become an idol to him. So God had to test his heart. What are the things that God's promised to you that have become idols? What do you need to lay down and, and let go of so you can enter into peace and rest? And so that's what we're, we want to kind of look at this morning. And I just, want, I just pray that God would shift things in our heart this morning as we activate that. So in just a moment... We're going to invite people to stand up, come to the forward, respond, uh, come to the forward, come to the front as a, a metaphysical altar is here. And we're going to, we're going to burn these things at the altar. At the same time, if you've got a physical heart for the house offering to bring, hosts will be on the side. Um, so feel free to bring that. And we're going to pray that the heart for the house offering is not just the finance thing, but it literally is a heart for the house, a heart for his house, for what he wants to do. And so we're going to give that. We're all going to bring that. And I hope, I hope you can respond to that this morning. We've got a message from mum and dad. And uh, I only opened it this morning. Turns out it's also on sacrifice. So please check it out. Just chuck on the computer audio and maybe restart the video. Ooh, maybe we've already spoken too much on sacrifice. <laughs> Hi, church. We're so excited to be speaking with you about Half of the House today. I happen to be meditating on Mary of Bethany and how she broke her alabaster flask over Jesus. She was basically anointing Jesus' body for mm. burial. 
But as scholars say that the flask, that flask of oil she broke or the perfume she broke over Jesus was a year's worth of wage. And um, some other scholars say that actually it could have been her livelihood that her parents left to her to live for the future, mm. to live comfortably and live. And she actually, what she does is she takes it mm. and she breaks it over Jesus. She didn't care about her future. She cared her, uh, about her love for Jesus and her life with Jesus. I believe when we give Jesus our all, when we bring our greatest sacrifice, not talking about an amount, not talking about anything like that, but what we give sacrificially, what we break over Jesus mm. sacrificially, I think he receives it as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. And it, that, that whole story uh, from Mary, from Bethany, really have challenged me a lot in what it means to give to God sacrificially in this time of, you know, even as we take half Absolutely. of the house, you know. Absolutely. We're, we're experiencing as a church family, yeah. we're experiencing a, a miracle right now yeah. from where we've come from, as you know, the story and how the Lord provided for this building and uh, we, he provided the money for the deposit and now we're, we've renovated the building and provided the money for that. Now we're in the middle of raising up that third deposit and yeah. we, we're trusting God for $1 million. And again, that might sound like a lot to some people, but to God, it's nothing. And all God is asking us that we all do something about it. We all carry, we yeah. carry something. We say, we say, all say, we don't just leave it to one or two people, but we say, Lord, I'm a part of this family. Amen. I want to do what I can. Yeah. So our encouragement to you is to give what God has asked you to give. Yeah. Nothing more and nothing less. Yeah. But, but, you know, it should move us because faith, faith is going to, our faith is going to be stretched. When God gives us something, yeah. it's usually going to stretch us. Mm-hmm. We don't want to give like the Pharisees did. They gave out of their abundance. It didn't move them. Yeah. But that woman, they gave Amazing. two small pennies yeah. and she gave all that she had to live on to, to the Lord. The Lord says she gave more than all the others. So it's not a matter about the amount. It's more about the sacrifice of our faith, trusting God because God has told us to give this amount. And when we all do uh, what God has told us, told us to do, we're going to see, we're going to continue to see God's miracle. As we said before, we're in the middle of the Red Sea, the Red Sea has opened up. What an amazing miracle <laughs> yes. of, of financial provision. And remember, financial provision is connected to spiritual because we're going to use this building to equip the saints. We're going to see people get saved and marriages restored. And and people that have been suicidal, we just had one recently, someone that was suicidal gave their lives to Jesus. I mean, it's about people's lives transformed and changed, not just in our local church, in our city, in our nation and the nations of the world. So you're giving to the kingdom, the purposes of this gospel of the kingdom that transforms lives. So thank you for your generosity. Yes, I believe we've taken down one Goliath in, you know, uh, raising up the deposit. I believe this is our second Goliath to take on in order to, you know, go a step further in securing this building. Absolutely. We want you guys to come on a journey with us. I believe God is going to do something radical, radical in our midst when we give sacrificially. So we want to pray right now. And but before we pray, we want to thank God for you for standing yeah. with us um, and this church and in, in giving sacrificially. So, so Father, we thank yeah. you so much for the generosity of your people. We've seen such great generosity already. Yes, we thank Lord. you for the miracle of everyone obeying you, Lord. And Lord, that when we receive when we receive this seed. And it is a seed, Father, that you bring 30, 60, 100 fold back to their lives, back to their homes, back to their marriages, back to their finances, their children. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, the open heavens over over every person. We thank you. We prophesy blessing and prosperity according to your kingdom in every area of their life. 
as I sow and put your kingdom first, you'll add all things to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Love you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. If you'd like to partner with us, you can visit ggclife.com forward slash give. We hope you have an amazing week. Be blessed.